Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. So we're going to continue our series on Raised to Life. How many of you guys are enjoying this series so far? I've, I've been enjoying it. It's been fun. You know, and as someone who's just got to set and partake during it the whole time, it's been nice. But now someone who has to be up here is like, oh, okay, the series is a little different look now. And so we've talked about who we are in Christ. We talked about the amazing things that Jesus has done, how much he loves us, our relationship with God. And, and now we're going to begin to look at, at, the, at the, what the church's responsibilities might look like is what we're going to jump into. So last week, Pastor Mark, he hit on one of the things he said that really stuck with me is that the church isn't called to just belong but we're commissioned to build. And so as a believer who has said yes to Jesus and as a part of this body, you're no longer called to just show up, but it's your job to begin building the church. So how does that happen? We're going to look at that hopefully this week and further weeks going on. So we're going to pick up in Ephesians chapter 3. We finished chapter 2 on to chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. So we're going to read through these, so bear with me. It's a little long, a bit long, but bear with me. I believe it's important. It's what God has to say, so it's way more important than anything else I'm going to say. So let's pay attention to it. Let's read it. But for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for your sake, for the sake of you Gentiles. So Paul begins talking, and he's saying, hey, this is for the sake of you Gentiles. That's outsiders, right? That's what we learned about last week. So surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the spirit of of God's holy to spirit of God to God's holy apostles and prophets. So we're seeing that there's something new coming, right? We're seeing there's something new that's coming down that we've never known before. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but that's an amen moment because as outsiders, this is telling us, hey, guess what? You're in now. You have an in. So I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past has been kept hidden in God. So that's a good word right there. God's kept it hidden. We get to be a part of that. I don't know about you guys, but that's an exciting point. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. So let's pray, and we're going to jump into this. Jesus, we love you. God, I believe these are your words, and I hope that you would just soften hearts right now to receive what you would have me to say, God. That we would walk out of here challenged to go forth boldly and confidently, just like this last part of the scripture told us, God. That we would walk forth knowing that you have our backs, and that you would go before us in every situation. Everybody said amen. 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 Hey, how many of you all, be honest, have ever had a tough time in life? Been a part of a tough time? Show of hands. 
I'm the, okay, good, perfect. I'm not the only one. I'll tell you right now, there's been some tough times in my life. And as I was thinking back about situations in my life, about a tough situation, I couldn't think of a more perfect situation than this right here. So I'm going to tell you all a story about little duel that was probably five years old. So we're talking really tough times here. Five years old, as you all are aware, <laughs> kindergartners have it rough. I don't know if any of you have a kid that is that age. They feel like life's pretty rough sometimes, you know, go clean your room. Mom, you hate me, right? So, so it's tough times. So this is a story about it. my best friend. His name is Hayden Shires, and his mom was Catherine. She was our, my babysitter. And I, I'm saying five years old. We could have been four. We could have been six, but somewhere in that range. And uh, Hayden and I, we, we, they lived right next to my grandma's house. So I spent a lot of time there. A, because he's my ba- mom was my babysitter. B, because even when she wasn't babysitting me, I was still up there like hanging out with Hayden. So Hayden and I, um, they're, they're, they had a fenced-in backyard. And on the other side of the backyard of their fence was actually Sarah Jane's backyard. And Sarah Jane had a trampoline. Okay. And let me just tell you this. Hayden's mom didn't like trampolines. But, so we weren't, technically allowed to go to the trampoline. Like that was against the rules. So, but we were five, so rules didn't really apply to us. So we climbed the fence and we had jumped on a trampoline. We are escaped. We're free. We're getting out of this. Nobody's knowing. We're coming back home. I climb the fence and jump over because I'm athletic like that. That's just how I was made. (laughs) Hayden, on the other hand, apparently wasn't as athletic as I am. So Hayden climbs the fence and goes to jump off and Hayden's shirt gets hung on said fence and he's just hanging there like this like and not make things worse it was his barney shirt okay don't laugh barney was a big deal okay barney is a big deal at this time in our lives more so hayden's than mine i was more into the power ranger scene but he has jumped off this fence and he's literally hanging from the fence feet dangling with his barney shirt his favorite shirt is being probably ruined by the fence at this time, I'm his best friend. What else would I do? I run and hide because <laughs> I'm not about to get blasted for being on the other side of the fence jumping on a trampoline. I can deny it if I'm nowhere near the fence. So I can recall, and it's just funny that I remember this, but I can remember going inside, going to his room. He had a toy, you know those football, like the footballs that hold toys, the big footballs? I remember going and hiding in that, okay? So I'm in the football, just chilling, okay? Thinking, I'm free. I'm not getting busted. Sucks to be you, but I'm not on this side of the fence. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am not getting in trouble. So, you know, and I'm, I'm just a firm believer that snitches get stitches. I'm not snitching on Hayden. Like, he's got to find, he can figure this out on his own, but I'm not telling his mom that he's hanging there. I'm not telling her. So I'm hiding. I don't know how much time passed. Probably not too much because Hayden wasn't scarred forever. I don't believe for it from it. But too much time, not too much time goes by. And Catherine, I guess, hears Hayden probably screaming. <laughs> like, I'm inside hiding. I can't hear nothing. But she hears his screams, goes out, gets him off the fence. And I'm like, hmm, this isn't going to work out as well as I thought I was. He's going to tell that I left him there. So Hayden's found. He gets removed from the fence. But, I mean, come on. Everybody say, tough time. Right? So we, we, he's in a tough time. I'm in a tough time now. You know, so I remember I got, I'm pretty certain I got put in time out. I probably didn't get any fruit snacks that day, which is really a pretty big devastation. Even at this stage in my life, if I'm not getting fruit <laughs> snacks, I'm pretty upset. So I'm telling you, everybody say tough times. Come on. So that leads me into my very first point of this message that we're going to jump into. We're going to break down that scripture, but God has a good purpose in the tough times. 
Now, we're going to look at Ephesians 3.1, and this is Paul writing. He says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Okay, so a little background. What's going on right here in Ephesians 3? Paul is in jail. I don't know about you all, but that's probably a little tougher time than Hayden hanging by his Barney shirt, right? He's a little bit tougher than what, I'm, what we've faced in my life personally. But Paul is basically saying here is he's saying is Jesus has him right here so that he can bring the gospel to Rome, right? So this is Paul's in, even though it's like not the most perfect in, this is his in to Rome. I don't know about you all, but I believe Paul probably didn't plan on his in to Rome being prison ministry. That's not the first uh, route that most people choose to go is, oh, God signed me up for prison ministry. Like, raise your hand if that's you in here. We'll get you signed up. But no, for real, so Paul's like, okay, God, this is how you're taking me there. I'm in, let's go. So he's in this prison ministry. You know, I can imagine if I was Paul, I would have probably rather been like, you know, I think in Rome they have the gondolas, right? Where the guy's on the boat and you just sit there and sing. I'd have probably rather went that route. Like, Jesus, we could have went this route and you're taking me in on a, in a jail? But so Paul's like, all right, God, this is your plan. It's not about me. It's about you. It's about Jesus's plans. So it leads me to my question, one of the questions I have for today, and that is this, is, why does God allow tough times in our lives? Maybe tough times in our marriage, in our finances, in our kids. Why does God allow tough times in our belief? I mean, how many of you could think in your lives that you said, man, God, I'm a Christian. Why am I having to go through this? God, I'm a Christian. I believe that hard times can realign our priorities, though. I don't know about you all. We look, at, we look at this season we've been in, coronavirus, COVID, whatever you want to call it, this season, you know, it, it kind of realigned the family spectrum even of, oh, man, I got to stay home with my family and, like, hang out with my family. It realigned some of our priorities where we're, like, spending more time with our kids or spending more time at home with our families. And so tough times can realign our priorities, and I believe it to be found, it's true and found in James 1, 2 through 4, it says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. How many of you say that when you're facing a tough time, you're like, oh man, Jesus, I'm so glad that you put me through this, that I'm in this situation. I just find joy in that. How many of you would say amen to that? Nobody, because none of us are probably out there saying that. But that's what it tells us to do in scripture. And it says, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows, even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. So what I can tell from this scripture is that if in the, in the tough times, if I endure, if I persist, and I can find joy in that, it's going to create this endurance within inside of me that's going to draw up a power that I don't even know I have. And so as a believer, we're called to face tough times head on, knowing full well that, hey, God's got my back. God knows how this story ends. And so we can face it knowing that, yeah, it might look bad. It might look bleak, but God has me. God has me covered. So when we're faced with difficulty, I believe we have to learn to shift our perspective. From why me, God, to what are you teaching me, God? And I believe that when we shift our perspective, if we as a church can do that, that's when we will truly begin to see the growth that God desires for a church. God desires for us as we're looking at how to build the church. God desires us to grow. How do we do that? We find a way to face tough times and find joy in knowing that Jesus can show up and show off in the middle of our sickness, our sadness, our dis or whatever's going on. Jesus is a powerful God that can show up. That leads me to my second point, and that is part of the purpose 
of my pain is others. You're like, Jesus, I don't want the pain for them. I just, I just need my own pain. I can't have their pain. Like, but part of the purpose of my pain is for others. We read in Ephesians 1 and 2, it says, Beloved friends, because of my love for Jesus Christ, I'm now a prisoner for the sake of all of you who are not Jews, so that you will hear the gospel that God has entrusted me to share with you. So Paul's in the prison, right? And he's writing this saying, hey, listen, if I'm not here, you might not hear this. I'm, I'm at a point in my life where this isn't great. I'm sitting in prison. But if I'm not doing what God has called me to do, and I'm not in the position that God has called me to be, you might not get the good news of Jesus. And so as believers, our pain sometimes is the very route that will show others Jesus. So why is Paul in jail? Has he stolen a car? Did he just take it for a joyride back in the times, right? Was he involved in a scandal of some sort? No, Paul's in jail because he was preaching the gospel. He was suffering so that the Gentiles, the outsiders, us, could know that Jesus died for them just as much so as he did for the Jews. Paul's suffering is for other people's sake. Every person in this room has something that you were created to do. Every single person of you in this room has a gift that God's given you. You know, for me, my gifting is not anything with my hands. If I have a hammer and a nail, I'm probably going to hit my thumb, okay? So that's not my gifting, but some of you are gifted as carpenters. Some of you might have been gifted to sing. That's not my gift either. If I sing, I stand on the front row and I have to apologize because I'm certain all the time Josh is like, dude, you're off key, quit singing, I can hear you. I'm certain it's not great, but you know what? I don't care, I'm just up here worshiping Jesus, right? And so it's probably not the best, but I'm still up here doing it. But some of us were gifted with that and I just wasn't one of them, okay? That's just not my gift. Some of us were gifted to talk. I do have that, I like to talk a lot. <laughs> so I'm just saying, we have our giftings. Each and every one of us have our giftings. And so your gift and my gift probably don't look the same, but every part is just as important as the next, just as important as Pastor Mark is preaching or Josh is leading, is so is the person who's in the nursery changing in the diaper. They're, they're a key, pivotal part of this church and the growth of this church. And as soon as we begin to lose sight of that, we've got to, ch- we've got to check ourselves and get our perspective back to where it needs to be. That's what makes up the church, and we all play a major role in serving others, which is leading right into my next point is that number three is the only way others know Jesus, can know Jesus, is if we, the church, tell them. If you look in Scripture, the only way that these Gentiles would have heard the good news is because of Paul, because otherwise, everybody's like, yeah, they're outsiders, they don't count. Let's look at Ephesians 3, verses 2 through 6. It says, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. So we're getting ready to get a peek at something that no generation before us has ever heard by Paul, which was made known to no other people in any other generation as it's now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery, here's the mystery, is that God's Holy, or sorry, this mystery is that the, through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the name of Christ Jesus. So what mystery are we talking about, Paul? Is he talking about the mystery of why there's eight hot dogs in a pack and only six buns? Is that the mystery? Probably not, but it could be. Is it, or is it possibly the mystery of 
Why does a peanut butter and jelly sandwich taste so much better when it's cut in half angle, at an angle, right? I'm just saying, they, they're better. Or just in general, it's better when it's made by someone else. Sandwiches are just better that way. But why is it? No, Paul isn't telling us that. The mystery that Paul is telling us is that we are now made equals, members of the same body brought together by Jesus. So we used to have your Gentiles and your Jews, and there was no mixing. There's no peanut butter and jelly, right? The peanut butter and jelly, don't put them together, though. And now we're saying, hey, guess what? Now we're equals. Let's put everything together, and we're being brought together by Jesus. And when Jesus brings us together, nothing can separate us. And so it is our job as the church to begin telling people about the goodness and the love that Jesus has for us. If we're not doing that, then as a church, we're failing. If we're not telling people about the love of Jesus, I'm just here to tell you we're failing as a church. And also, if you're not telling people about the love of Jesus as a believer, you're failing. Because as soon as you said yes to Jesus, you were commissioned to tell other people about the Jesus you just said yes to. That is your job as a believer. No other job is more important than telling other people about the love that Jesus has shared with you. And so that is your job and your commission. The only way others can know Jesus is if we tell them as a church and as a person as a whole. If we don't tell them, who will? If we're not telling them, who will? I think about with, you know, with my kids, if I'm, if I'm not telling them about what's right and wrong, I can't expect someone else to. I can't expect them to be told, it's my job as a, as a dad, as a parent, to show them that, hey, this is right, this is wrong. And maybe that's not always easy. Maybe the conversations aren't always fun. But if I'm telling them about right and wrong, or if I'm telling people about Jesus and pointing them to Jesus, the conversation might not be easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it to tell them about who Jesus is and the love that he has for us. Number four, my, one of my fa- my, probably my favorite point in this message because I believe it's true, and it is, it's a gift to serve in the church. I mean, there should be like 17 people that all said amen right there because it's a gift to serve in a church. If you get to be a part of this, it's a gift. Let's read what it says in Ephesians 3, 7. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. I like to put it this way, and it's something I said in our, in our uh, rally before service with our volunteers, is we get to do this. When we walk in these doors as a servant of God, we get to be a part of this. You know, God doesn't have to have us. God could have chosen a different plan, but God chose to use us, and we get to, as a group, be a part of this. We get to do this. Paul's in jail, and he's still bursting with excitement that the fact that he gets to do this. Would he have rather been walking around the streets of Rome, taking it in the sights? Yeah, probably. I mean, he's probably not saying, yes, I'm in jail. I'm not out in Rome enjoying all the beautiful scenery, riding on the boat with the guy guiding me. I'm in jail. This is fantastic. That's probably not the, the route, but Paul was like, you know what? I'm, God has commissioned me for this job, and I get to be a part of it. I get to do this. Let me tell you something that's serving at this church is a privilege. If you, if you aren't plugged in yet, let me just say this, do it. Get plugged in. If you haven't been to the Connect class, do the Connect class. If you haven't been to, or gotten plugged in, you've been to the Connect, but then you haven't been assigned something, get with somebody and say, hey, I want to get plugged in. Get involved with this church because when you're doing the work of God, God's going to bless your time. You're like, oh, well, I might have to stay for two services. God's going to give that time back to you, I promise. Oh, I might have to go in the bathroom, you know, go into work in the kids' area and like wipe a snotty nose. God's going to honor that and bless that. Because as a church, we need you. Our kids' department, Macy is doing a fantastic job. She needs your help. 
It's time we step up as a church, as believers in a, and the Bible says, it's time we get signed up. It's time we be a part of the church that God's called us to be. We were commissioned, it says, we were commissioned to build a church. And by showing up on Sundays, that's great. Don't get me wrong, we're glad you're here. But it's time you get do a little bit more. God's called you to something more than just showing up on a Sunday. God's called you to sign up. If you're talented with music, get with Pastor Josh. We could use you on the worship team probably. If you're talented with sound or the technological stuff that I'm not, sign, get signed up. Say, hey, I'm good at this stuff. Use the gifts that God has given you to further the kingdom of God because that is what we are as a church are called to do. When we want to see change happen in our community, when we as a church do our jobs and we are all jumping in, we're going to see the community take notice of that and say, hey, I want to be a part. It's our job to do this. It's a gift that we get to do it. It's not a man, I got to go to church today and serve. No, I get to get up. When you wake up, change your mindset. I get to go work in the kids. I might get to tell a kid about Jesus for the first time today. I might get to tell a kid how much I love him when he doesn't hear it at home. I might get to be an impact in someone's life that I never would have realized. As long as we have the correct perspective of I get to do this. I get to be a part of this. The further we look at this, the more we realize, though, is, is that no, point number five is that the privilege to serve is the opposite of what we deserve. You look at Ephesians 3, 8, Paul's like, hey, although I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace has been given to me to preach the gospel to the Gentiles of the boundless riches of Christ. So Paul's like, hey, listen, I'm like the last guy you want for this, okay? But God's given me this grace, so I'm going to do what I was told to do. I'm like the last person. We look at life, Paul's life and it's like, oh yeah, Paul, you were like the last guy that should have been signed up for that. You, you mocked people. You literally stood there as they stoned Stephen. You watched them kill him for his belief in Jesus. And now it's like, hey, let's flip the script, God says. Let's, let, me, let me use the person that you don't expect. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, man, this is all great stuff, but I don't think I'm gifted. I don't have a gift. You have a gift. God's given you a gift. Whether you realize that or not, maybe it's time for you to say, God, what did you give me? What am I, what have you entrusted in me that I'm supposed to be using? If you don't know what it is, I promise you, if you seek God and say, God, what have you given me? You'll find it. And you'll find a way to use it. You'll find a way. You know, when we look at Paul, he's like, God, I, I don't deserve this. I'm the least of these. But because of Jesus, we get the exact opposite. We have a Jesus. It's, it's funny, you know, I preached a couple weeks ago and that seven on seven, my point, one of my points was but God. And you see in all of life, there's always this but God moment. And if you don't see a but God moment, look, it's there. But we see, but Jesus, because of Jesus, we get the exact opposite. I don't longer have to say, I'm not good enough. I just say, God, here I am. You do whatever you want with me. If I show up, God, you'll do the rest. I believe that God will do the rest if we'll just show up. If we'll sign up, we'll get plugged in. We'll be a part of the church that's growing. We'll be a part of the, the ministry that God wants us to be. And the last point is this, is that as a part of the church, we are significant. So never lose heart. I don't know about you all, but sometimes this is where a lot of us might fall. We might fall into this category of lost heart. So let's read this scripture in chapter, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. It says, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was God's eternal plan that he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. 
So we see in this scripture that the whole purpose, the whole reason we are as a church, our whole purpose is this, what we've just been talking about, to serve, to love, to be that thing in the community, to, to be, you know, we had a parent, somebody told us that the uh, teachers were saying how they felt so excited that Destiny Church was involved in the schools. And that is such an honor and privilege that we get to be a part of our schools. You think about, you look at a lot of places that schools say, no, 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 no churches. We're loved and accepted and we get to be a part and we get to love our teachers. We get to love our students in ways that a lot of people don't get to. And that's an honor and a privilege that we shouldn't take lightly and we have to guard. But as a church, you're significant. As a person in the church, you're significant. All of this, everything is so that the church can show the world the love and grace of Jesus. It's made clear to us that God loves us because he gave, his freedom from sin. he gave us freedom from sin and bondage. He loves us so much he sent Jesus and died on a cross for us, so he loves us. But it's also true that the church, I believe, was commissioned so that we could show his glory to all the world. So God loves us, yes, don't doubt that, but God also loves us so much that he's called us to do the work that he has asked us to do. So Ephesians 3, 10 through 12 is one of the clearest places in all of Paul's writings that tells us of our redemption is ultimately that our redemption is ultimately for the purpose of growing the kingdom of God. Our redemption is for us, but it's also ultimately for Jesus' love to be shown to the world. Because without us, we can't. We look at Ephesians 3.10, it says, God's purpose in all this is to use the church to make his glory known to all the world. God's purpose in everything was so that the church would be glorified, or the church would glorify him. In closing, we've got to, we're going to talk about this, this last two scriptures in Ephesians 3, 12 and 13. It says, because of Christ and our, it's talking about the church's faith here, and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please, it says, Paul's writing, so please don't lose heart. So I end with this, and hopefully this is a challenging message for those of you who maybe aren't plugged in, get plugged in. But I end with this is that as a part of the church, you're significant. You are significant. Every single person in this room is significant, and every single person in this room has a role to play. But not only that, we see that we can come boldly and confidently into God's presence. We are, we are, as a body, as a body of believers, we're able to walk in here and know that when we walk in, Jesus is here and Jesus can change everything. We can come in here. We don't have to wait till the third worship song to say, oh yes, let's worship Jesus. We can come in here knowing that we can come in boldly with the confidence that Jesus hears our cries. Jesus hears our needs. Jesus hears our wants. And Jesus wants to answer them. He doesn't just say, oh, I hear that, but I'm just going to ignore it. But Jesus wants to answer our calls. Jesus wants to answer our prayers. We can come boldly to Jesus. We don't have to come and say, God, I'm sorry, but please, can you help me here? We can come boldly and say, God, I expect you to show up. God, I expect you. That's one of our core values that we're expecting. God, I expect you to enter into this place today and to change hearts and change lives. We can walk in here knowing that God is the God that wants to do that. So when life's throwing us curves, when it doesn't make sense, remember you're significant and don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. It tells, Paul's telling us, I know it might not be easy. There's gonna be tough times, but if you just don't lose heart, 
There might be tough times where your friend's hanging from a fence from his Barney shirt, right? There's tough times. There might be tough times where, man, God, my marriage needs you, God. My marriage is, is falling apart. Oh, don't lose heart. You're significant and don't lose heart. God says, I, I have this. I know how this goes. I know how that ends. I'm a God that brings about restoration. I'm a God that brings about healing. So let's pray. I believe that there may be some of us in the room that maybe you've heard this. This is the first time you've ever heard of this Jesus fellow. So I don't ever want to get on a stage and not give an opportunity to respond to the love that Jesus has for us. So for just this moment, if there's anyone in the room, nobody's messed, looking around, had their heads bowed, our eyes closed, it's just a moment between you and God. But you say, hey, you know what, Jesus? I want that love. I want the love that you have for me. I, I want to choose to accept that love. If that's you, just lift your hand. I don't want to linger too long, but I also want to make sure I give an opportunity to, to encounter who Jesus is. And I believe there might be some in the room that would say, hey, you know what? You're right, I've just been coming to church, Pastor Joel. I've been, I've been showing up, and I, I feel that digging and that calling in my heart that I need to do more. So I challenge you, as you leave here even today, my challenge is just to go out, find a way to get plugged in. Talk to your pastors. Talk to someone and say, hey, how can I get plugged in? Because I believe God, that's what God wants. God wants you. He's commissioned you to help build the church. And if you begin to commission to build the church, God's going to honor that and bless that in ways you won't even imagine. So Jesus, I thank you. God, I thank you that you love us, Jesus, that you came to this earth because you loved us so much so that we could, we, could, we could live with you forever. But God, I believe you've called us to do more than just say yes to that answer. God, I believe you've called us to be a part. And then when we are a part, God, you've called us to not lose heart when we're doing good. So I pray that, that you would bless people today, Father, as they leave, they would feel challenged to either A, get plugged in, or B, they wouldn't lose heart and know that they're significant. What they do is important. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.